0: Yo, it's Julian on The Brand Note and a review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse in an era of post-MCU Endgame superhero movies, one of perhaps only two guiding lights alongside Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which I reviewed last week, which was an incredibly messy film, but also some of the strongest content they've ever had in a modern superhero film, and I gave it a good review overall. And this one follows... Uh, The equally amazingly well-named Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Should be a red flag there. So I gave the original one a a massively good review. I think a 9 out of 10. I don't really like Spider-Man. I don't really go for the goofiness and the whole sort of whack-whack oops. I'm at school and I've got a crush on a girl and I've dropped all my books in the whole thing. I just don't care about um, and the, the other thing is there's this hallowed ground. I haven't rated the Tom Holland Spider movies at all, but they seem to have got endlessly good reviews and big box office. Well, this has done insanely good reviews, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, equally high almost on Metacritic um, like in the late 80s, which is a much better score than Rotten Tomatoes even because it's a, an aggregate score rather than just who gave it good reviews uh and the the defining characteristic is that they're dazzling animated films not live action so uh this time around we get um shameek moore is it shameek shameek moore as miles morales miles morales is an alternate peter parker so peter parker didn't end up getting bitten by the spider miles morales a mixed african-american latino student in new york got bitten instead so he became this de facto variant of spider-man and there's a multiverse going on which is another red flag multiverse has been the most abused plot conceit in modern superhero history and they can't stop using it and there's one film everything everywhere all at once my film of the year last year that really used that to great effect and everything else uses it to just have as many characters from the past reintroduced um, so this time around, um, the universe where Shamit Moore's Miles Morales exists, he fights a a villain that has spots all over his body. Uh, looks like Rose Arch from uh, The Watchmen, and each one of those ends up being a portal to another dimension, and he ends up becoming this villain that can travel all the dimensions, destroying everything. And um, that is kind of the plot. There's the Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman character comes back to visit Shameek Moore in his universe as she hasn't caught up with him in ages. Now, this is undoubtedly the most disappointing film I have seen in a year. Um, There's so much wrong with this that I can't understand the reviews it's getting at all. I don't know if people just look at diversity and inclusion in their reviews of films now and that's the gold standard of whether it's good or bad but the first hour and a half of this film is dominated by the plot lines of Spider-Man's parents don't know he's Spider-Man and are grounding him and Spider-Man has a crush on the girl which is some of the most overplayed Spidey lore possible and that is like really the first hour to hour and a half of the film and then we get the bog standard multiverse thing which is you change something in one universe and it affects all the other bringing the house of cards down there really isn't anything more substantial to the plot that is the biggest flaw in this movie is incredibly weak storytelling so the the biggest plus is undoubtedly some of the greatest visual representation in animated film history the um animation here is incredibly imaginative some of the palette scenes with gwen and her father the like the the look of the whole screen is just mind-blowing that said it actually feels often like a michael bay film there is so much over-editing that it's headache inducing and some of the visuals just don't work for me because it's too frenetically edited there's like 20 edits when there should have been 3 or 4 and that actually stop you looking at the screen undoubtedly the best thing about it apart from 50% of the visuals and also on the visual front a lot of it feels really jerky I don't know why but there's a jerkiness that doesn't help to the characters movements that feels a bit low rent um even though like some of the visual palettes on display are absolutely mind-blowing a lot of the character movement is is really quite jerky and when you add that like massive over editing to it i would say 50 percent of this is a 10 out of 10 visually and 50 percent is like a 5 out of 10 it doesn't work all the way through visually the best thing about it is the voice cast um like Avatar 2 set the standard, gold standard for the worst voice cast in history. No life, no difference between the characters, wooden, incredibly dull. Um, this has got a fantastic voice cast. This is almost relatable a bit to the Transformers movie, which I gave a really quite strong review to last week. Hugely enjoyable film. Uh, and the voice casting, that was very good. The vo- voice cast here is excellent. And I mentioned in the Transformer review about how much. I missed the wondrous Haley Steinfeld from the Transformers Bumblebee movie. I really hope they bring her back. But she's a female star here. And she outdoes Shamik Moore by some margin by having a much more interesting storyline. So her storyline is that basically she killed Peter Parker when Peter Parker went rogue. And her dad's been chasing her, not knowing it's his daughter. He finds out it's her his daughter and still wants to pursue her, and she goes into this um, gang of people that pursue faults in the multiverse. So she goes off into this multidimensional place where she joins up with a gang of, um, you know, expat Spideys that travel the universe universes, plural, trying to right any wrongs and fix any uh, flaws in the system, and being heartbroken about the fact that her dad is gone from her life and wants to lock her up um so she's by far the more interesting character the Shamik moore character does the bumbling goofy i'm a teenager in love with parents that don't know i'm spider-man routine for quite a lot of this film which isn't very good but he becomes a lot better in the last half an hour when he's got a bit of edge and bite to his character um i wish he'd had that more and John, uh, Jason Schwartzman as well as The Spot who is the character that um is painted as a mid-level villain who ends up getting these incredible interdimensional powers is really good as well and Daniel uh, Kaluuya as Hobie Brown a uh, punk rock um Spider-Man who is quite is, is a had a lot of personality and um, oscar isaac i thought was very very good as miguel o'hara another spider-man variant i thought he was really strong and mahasala ali the uh, double oscar winning actor also turns up as well um some of the characters and scenarios don't work at all for me like they're so rote so we get um a, a peter parker variant who has got a newborn baby And we get the same newborn baby jokes that you would have got in Look Who's Talking 30 years ago. It's trite. It's annoying. It really got on my nerves. Um, But the main problem here, apart from occasionally the jerky animation and the headache inducing uh, over-editing of a lot of the action sequences, is the lack of story. So what happens is that you get to like an hour and 45 minutes into this probably 2-hour, 20-minute film, and the story takes off and we actually get interesting things happen and the most interesting is the fact that uh, the Meat character um, finds out that he's actually gone back to the wrong universe because he's been bitten by a spider from this universe he's now got that DNA in it and and that that leads to um, what is the storyline exploding in the last half an hour and then it says to be continued without resolving anything at all that happens in the film It throws up what should happen in the first half an hour in the last half an hour of a 2 hour 20 minute film. The rest of the film has virtually nothing that you haven't seen before story-wise. And is pointless, meandering. It doesn't do anything. And I found it really aggravating. I actually sat there going, oh, finally the story's kicked in. And I was looking at the clock going, well, it's 1 hour 50 in and the story started. And this is going to start showing me the credits by 2 hours, 10 minutes. And it did. And it just said to be continued. Nothing happens in this film. It's the most overrated film I've seen in a very long time. I mean, Avatar 2 didn't get good reviews. So, really. I mean, it got like 6 out of 10 reviews. This has got like 9.5 out of 10 reviews. And I can't see why. Half the visuals are stunning. The, The soundtrack is actually not very good and the metro booming average rap soundtrack is so obvious and so dull compared to the transformers movie had um a lot of great rap music from 94 with uh, the wu-tang cans cream and stuff but this has got really sort of like b-tier metro booming club rap tracks which are never interesting at all so other than a great voice cast and some intermittently mind-blowing visual representation this is actually a very rote trite story that is very slight slighter perhaps than Avatar 2 and they drag it and drag it and nothing much happens um so I just did not like this film I found it quite aggravating mainly not just the visuals being headache inducing but the lack of story and having to spend an hour and a half dealing with spider-man's parents not knowing his spider-man like i'm watching the very first spider-man film and him being uh, you know besotted and awkward with the girl he's in love with like the very first spider-man film um and this is supposed to be state-of-the-art cutting edge and it's not so anyway i'm going to give Spider-Man, across the Spider-Verse, a very, very poor, completely out of step with just about everyone, 3.5 out of 10.